This episode is sponsored by The Principal Center. The Principal Center is a provider of professional development for high-performance instructional leadership. Go to the website principalcenter.com. On this website, you can find a lot of resources and services on leadership. And now, let's go to today's podcast. Welcome to the podcast Research in Leadership in Schools, Early Childhood Settings and Social Care Settings. Today we are going to listen to an interview that I have conducted with Dr. Ioana Palaliogru. Yes, I hope that you will enjoy the interview. Today I am online on Skype here in the Faroe Islands and with me at the other end in Nottingham I have Dr. Ioana Paliogo. Welcome Ioana. Thank you. Maybe first of all Ioana you can start with telling us about your professional background and which experiences you have with leadership. Um. Yes, I arrived in, I mainly now work in education, but um, I arrived in education from um, a different route. Um, I was trained as a child psychologist and I was doing my PhD in England when I, I was offered a job in, um, in one of the first degrees in early childhood studies. Because here in England, um, the early childhood studies degrees, um, they were not qualifying teachers. They were just three years um, as an academic um, subject. So they were looking people from different disciplines to teach modules like child development and learning theories and so on. So that's how I arrived in education. Um, And in 2008... um, in England, the government decided to raise the standards of early childhood education because um, before that there were not a lot of regulations and the sector was undermined. So they introduced for the first time um, what it was called at the time curriculum framework um, across all settings that they are hosting children from birth to five. Alongside that, they introduced, um, as I said, in England, the early years, um, the people that were working in early years, they were not qualified teachers. They were just finishing a college and I was a low level um, qualification. So in, at the same time in 2008, the government introduced what it was called then early years professionals Um, and they introduced that because they wanted people to lead practice in the early year settings Mm. 
since then lots have changed um, there was a battle between academics um, that um, the earliest practitioners need to be qualified at teacher status as in primary and secondary schools we are still battling um, but leadership in early years and in early childhood education became a big issue since 2008 so I got involved um, delivering these programs and um, that they were training the early years professionals. Um, and core to that was the leadership. So I started looking how early years practitioners um, develop a leadership identity to lead practice. And it was quite difficult at the time and still is in many cases because um, these people that they were trained at postgraduate level they were managed by people that they were trained at very low level sometimes their managers their bosses they didn't even have a degree oh. so um, you had this um, workforce in early years that they were asked to be leaders um, to lead practice, to lead their settings, but then on the other hand you had the managers, that they were seeing themselves as leaders um, in the settings. So there was kind of this conflict. And this is how I started getting involved, teaching leadership, coming more from a psychological um, point. Um, and with my colleague, Dr. Trevor Mail, that at the time in, in my previous university, we were both heavily involved in the master's program um, he was teaching leadership so we kept talking about that and um, in early years in England the dominant literature um, was about leading pedagogy, pedagogical leadership but somehow I felt uncomfortable how these two terms were used um, the term pedagogy was confused with um, the term practice and it was not really problematized what we mean with pedagogy so I started searching the literature um, alongside with my colleague and having lots of discussions, is it leadership for learning is it leadership um, for pedagogy or leadership for practice what it is and um, looking and examining the current literature um, one of the things that we discovered and we kind of um, became our first paper which was more of a conceptual paper was that pedagogy although lots have written about pedagogy and um, there is a tendency to approach pedagogy from a dualistic perspective mm. and they are looking at pedagogy only from the point of the learner or the teaching and learning and only these two um, and how these two interacting and where obviously the role of the leaders start but we felt that in 21st century um, with teaching and learning have changed the impact of digital devices um, the impact of the government standards um, um, and the community, the global economy, the local economies. Um, all these aspects cannot be ignored. It's not anymore the learner and the teacher. 
mm. and their interactions, but they are the parents, and the parents live in a community, and what we call the ecological system, um, where basically it's the local cultures, the local values, um, the local norms, that they are influenced by the global cultures, the global policies, the global economies, and all these interact, and that has an impact on the learner, on the teacher, and what's going on within the traditional school. Um, So we kind of um, revisited uh, um, the term pedagogical leadership, and we said that Actually, we need to move away from just looking what's happening within the school. We need to look um, the more wider context, the, the community as well, and how this community impacts on what's going on in the school. Um, and this is kind of um, where we started to establishing our conceptual framework. And then we obviously wanted to to see, okay, this is in our mind as academics, and what's happening in practice. So we start researching schools, interviewing um, uh, head teachers, managers in early year settings, head teachers in primary schools and in secondary schools, also parents, um, pupils and learners and children in early year settings, and um, the, 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 the actual practitioners slash teachers. Um, we don't call the people that work in early year settings in England teachers because they're not qualified teachers. Um, recently the government introduced the early years teacher, but it's not equivalent to a, a qualified teacher. Hmm. Does this make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in early years, I'm now I'm going to focus in early years. Yeah. Within the early years foundation curriculum, there was a lot of emphasis on partnerships with parents, which was a positive movement because for the first time the government recognized that you cannot educate children, you cannot care for young children without involving the parents. And also the the government realized that the earliest practitioners need to be qualified, um, hopefully at graduate level, um, it has not happened yet, and they are the ones that they need to be the driving force, the leading force, to implement these partnerships with parents for the benefit of the children. Um, but as in other countries in Europe, the early years workforce still is dominated by female um, workforce. It's, um, it's very rare that we see um, males in early year settings. Mm. Um, so, because of that, the literature still tends to look at the feminist paradigm in leadership or distributed leadership in early years. Um, and again, as, as kind of um, an academic searching in depth in leadership, um, I think that um, where we arrived in England was in a way of um, 
kind of a fragmentation of what we mean with leadership in, in the early years context, but it's the same and applies in the primary and secondary schools. Um, and <clears throat> especially in early years in England, there was this kind of... Um, anxiety about oh no 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 we're not leaders we're all work as a team and the issues about responsibility and accountability were completely ignored because um, leadership was seen as, as um, in a very simple way as a bad thing um, no no we're all team and we all work together so the early years literature felt comfortably um, to see kind of to see comfort in um, in the distributed leadership which is basically we all share and again the term was used quite loosely and not what exactly distributed leadership meant mm-hmm. but we made a case in our work and in our research that actually um, pedagogical leadership is um, for us where where the future is in education because within pedagogical leadership what we say is that um, the people in charge, the leaders are kind of looking and examining the whole context of the situation and apply leadership techniques, leadership methods that they will benefit the context. Mm. Let me give you an example. Yeah. Um, if we are research, we were researching an early year setting in some schools in areas that they were wealthy, um, middle-upper-class parents, that they're willing to participate, they were willing to contribute. The children didn't have any financial problems, they had lots of experience out of school. So the schools, obviously, were reflecting that, and the children were performing well, and everything, um, they could collaborate with parents, and they were building very nice communities. But then you have deprived areas where the parents were overworked, yeah. meaning that they had to work two or three jobs in order to sustain some quality of life, um, or teenage um, uh, pregnant mothers, single mothers, on benefits that they were taking money from the government because they were unemployed, um, high crime areas. So these children didn't have any experience. Maybe the only experience these children had when they were coming to school is that either it was by TV and watching lots of hours on TV or playing with a smartphone games. Um, so their language interactions were not that brilliant or... Um, their social skills were not very good. Huh. So the school, the early year settings and the schools were faced with quite challenging circumstances. Parents, either they didn't have the time to come and work in partnerships or they didn't have the willingness um, or they were not even around because some of these children were in care, in foster care. Um, so in such a setting, you cannot just, um, take an approach um, in this particular um, area um, the schools were saying oh we're working with the Reggio Emilia approach we only use the nature we use the arts and that was completely divorced from the experience that the children have mm. 
It didn't mean anything to the children because the Reggio Emilia approach works and it's beneficial to all children, but these children were lacking basic um, skills and understanding of situations. So all of a sudden, throw them to the arts and the music, um, it, didn't, it didn't really connect with their community and their values, where they were coming from. So that poses... Um, a real challenge to the leader. Mm. This is what pedagogical leadership is about. is about listening to the community, listening to the needs of the community and try to understand the learner rather than adopting an approach and try to actually work with that approach. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what we mean with pedagogical leadership. Okay. So, so when we when you talk about those people in the early years that are practicing pedagogical leadership, you do not talk about the managers, but you talk about the practitioners themselves. Uh, yes, both. It can be managers as well. I mean, there is a distinction between management and leadership, and management can be an element of leadership, mm. but mainly it is obviously who is accountable in the setting because the person who is accountable is called the manager in the early settings in England. It's not called the leader. Uh, but at the same time, it's people that are leading the practice and they are um, creating the activities, creating the, um, the whole program of the setting. Because in early year settings in England, it's not necessarily the managers that they are creating the program uh, and give direction. It can come from the actual uh, practitioners. Yeah, yeah. So in that sense, um, leader, leadership is shared, is communicated... It can be distributed, but the core um, mission and the core value is an in-depth understanding of the community, the parents, and the children, which are the potential learners for these settings. So, so, so the parents and the children, then they can lead pedagogical leadership as well? Yes. Because it is kind of a communication that goes both ways. Okay. It's not going only one way. Although the current research is showing that in the most cases, um, when there is an attempt to form partnerships, is one way. It comes mainly from the setting, from the educational context, rather than communicated. It's, it's, it's mainly the teachers or the practitioners are determining the terms and conditions of the formation of the parents and <clears throat> in one of the recent papers that is um, 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 still under review um, what we have found is that in most cases um, the parents are told how they can be partners rather than um, in a dialogue the parents discussing with the setting, what their expectations are, how they can form together partnerships. Hmm. Um, so we still have lots of work to do towards that direction. What, uh, well, let's talk about the practitioners and the manager in the early years setting. Mm -hmm. well, what is the difference between the role of the manager and then the practitioners in relation to pedagogical leadership? Okay, um... 
the manager normally in England in an early year setting um, has some duties. First of all, he needs to make um, sure that um, the practical aspects of the everyday, like the payments of the parents and with children they are entitled to um, free hours and all the day-to-day administrative kind of duties. the communication with the parents in terms of um, um, but more administrative level. Yeah, yeah. Um, the managers are not necessarily qualified at university level. They're not graduates. And mm. um, it's a qualification that we call in this country level three, which is just one stage before the university level, because university in England starts at level four. So they're not necessarily qualified um, from... with a university degree and they have some training in a college they have some local um, foundation um, level but not necessarily um, university degree so their main duties are administrative Hmm. and the practitioners um, there is a variety of qualification and um, you can have people that they are um, qualified in, in, in at college level mm. you have people that they are working towards degrees and then you have people that they have um, gone through what I said earlier the earliest professional status yeah, which yeah. was graduate postgraduate level so there is a mixture of people that they are working with young children yeah, yeah. Um, so the practitioner's duty um, is obviously um, the pedagogy in the actual classroom, what's happening with the children, the daily communication with the parents to establish um, care of their babies, and um, but also the education of the children. Yeah. So in reality the actual practitioners are the ones that they are implementing the pedagogy in the classroom. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and when you talk about the early years setting, does it include daycare nurseries? Yes. Okay. It's, we call, we use the term early year settings in England as a collective term to describe any um, setting that is hosting children from birth to five. Okay. And then at the age of four, um, children are going in um, what we call foundation stage, Mm. which the formal education starts. Yeah, yeah. But recently the government um, has introduced, which is quite controversial, um, a lot of official assessments. Mm. So the practitioners now have to assess children at the age of two, yeah. which it's called here in England integrated review yeah. at the age of two. So the practitioners are responsible to actually assess children um, for any problems in terms of language, uh, physical development, cognitive development, and so on. And then there is another assessment, um, which is has created even bigger controversies, that is called baseline assessment. Okay. That now that we are talking, um, the government is thinking of taking baseline assessment 
back and introducing something else, but there is lots of emphasis on assessing children constantly about their readiness to attend school. Okay. And the constant debate now from the practitioners, from the academics, and the focus of leadership in early year settings um, is actually to explain to the government that um, assessment cannot be fixed at the age of two, at the age of four, at the age of five. It should be a continuum. And children is and children's education, children's learning, is not all about readiness for school. Um, an emphasis on phonics, on academic skills, on maths, on numeracy. There are other skills that children need to acquire. Mm. So the practitioners, in terms of leading practice and leading and pedagogical leadership, they have lots of challenges here in England. Mm. So, so what do you think? are the similarities and the differences between pedagogical leadership in early years and in primary schools? Um, there are differences in terms of legislation. Okay. And there are differences in terms of expectations. Mm. Um, still in early years, there is emphasis on play, on play-based activities, and there is some flexibility around the, um, the actual activities of children, um, which is kind of, is the government is limiting that. Mm. And when children are entering the formal education, the foundation stage, primary, and then move to secondary school, um, then because we have the national curriculum in England, mm. then the head teachers have to implement um, the national curriculum and demonstrate outcomes. Yeah. And they are inspected, schools are inspected on children's outcomes. Um, if the children achieve, then the school seems to do well. Mm. And there is lots of pressure now in primary schools, and lots of testing as well, I'm afraid, um, from a very young age, for children to perform. Mm. And the head teachers um, live constantly with that kind of... Um, Anxiety of the children have to perform. We need to do well on tests because that will um, demonstrate that our school is doing well. We're going to be inspecting. We're going to have a good outcome. And the focus in primary and secondary education—it's all about achievement, achievement, achievement. Mm. And there is lots of pressure on young children. Yeah. And other skills, um, other aspects of development are ignored. Hmm. Um, and it's getting, I'm afraid to say, a little bit worse these days because the government has introduced what um, is known here in England academies hmm. where um, schools and head teachers, primary and secondary head teachers, um, have been given a lot of power to create um, what they want and the government has taken away uh, any control from local authorities um, so we're still in a changing um, changing times here in England and, yeah. and there are lots of discussions at the early year settings now they will become part 
of the schools that they're going to be academies. So mm-hmm. still, it's it's lots of uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which which area in pedagogical leadership do you think is in need of more research? I think the whole concept of pedagogical leadership needs um, more in-depth investigation and um, theory behind it. I think the problem is that um, even in the current literature that they are talking about pedagogical leadership in early years, um, the the problem is that they are looking that kind of dualistic relationship of what is happening between the practitioner slash teacher and the child. Hmm. Um, And sometimes they are looking at the parents but there's very little that has been done on this aspect. I think we need to look at more holistically and we look we need to look at the whole community ah. and we need to start examining what are these factors that in our work we call pedagogical axis mm-hmm. that they are impacting in the day-to-day um, effective um, education of, of, of our children and um, pedagogical leadership um, needs to be investigated in depth in terms of these factors that they are um, impacting um, on children's learning environments. The creation of learning environments is, is, is a difficult one and a complex one. And looking at the research on pedagogy, again, pedagogy is an ambiguous term. It's used differently um, in theory. It's used differently in practice. And even within the field of education, we haven't really come um, on an agreed definition of pedagogy. And there are so many different definitions. So, (laughs) consequently, the, the practitioners... And they are using the term quite loosely. Mm. Um, and they are using it to describe their activities or practice. Yeah, yeah. But pedagogy is, is, is a bigger term than that. Yeah. This is very interesting, Iwana. Uh, and time is running so quickly, so we have actually come to the end now. Okay. But at the very end, if my listeners want to find more information about you and your research, where can they go on the internet? Um, yes, if they Google my name, it's going to be the easiest solution because um, um, obviously my profile will come up. Um, so... Um, the easiest way is to, to Google my name and then my homepage um, will come up. Um, currently, I have decided to um, leave full-time employment from higher education mm-hmm. and um, to re-engage with my child psychology um, work. So, I work for a company which is called Canterbury Educational Services. Mm-hmm. And my profile is in um, that webpage. Okay. Thank you very much, Joanna. Thank you for the invitation, and I hope your listeners will find that helpful. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And good luck with your uh, future programs. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the podcast Research in Leadership in Schools, Early Childhood Settings and Social Care Settings. I hope you have enjoyed the interview and that you have gained some new insights into leadership. I hope that you will listen to the other podcasts in this series. A new podcast is being published on the first of every month. You are also welcome to join us on Facebook. There is a group called Research in Leadership in Schools, Early Childhood Settings and Social Care Settings. If you just type in the name of the podcast in the search field in Facebook, you will find the group. Once again, thanks for listening and bye-bye.